everybody, welcome back to another episode of That Scale RC Show. We are on episode 53 now, and uh, this is Jeremy along with Adam and Travis, and we have a special guest tonight. Brad Geck. Man, smooth, almost like we planned it that way. Perfect. Practice well, perfect. remember, this isn't our first rodeo. This will be Brad's second appearance on the is show. Is he the first, uh, the first two-timer? Yeah. Not bad. Well, technically, <laughs> Travis was the first second-timer. We ended up just bringing him into the fold because he's more technologically proficient than us. <laughs> Ooh, well put. I'm just here for safety net. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right on. Everybody needs a good parachute. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, we put it out there that we'd be doing a lot of talk about tiny tires this week, which is super cool. And if you haven't messed with smaller tires yet, it is definitely something you got to check out because it is a whole new experience. The same old tired lines that you normally do at your spot are more difficult now, and it's just... It's a good time and it looks a lot more scale. So tonight we're going to kind of talk about all the ins and outs and different things with tiny tires. So um, do we have any, what do we want to do? Do we want to just dive right into the questions and then talk about like news and other stuff after that? You're the boss boss. All right. We could definitely go that route. I mean, the first question right off the bat is about tiny tires, so we can just start there. Perfect. Let's, Let it segue. So, Let's do it. Yeah. All right. So Dan Sutherland asks, what size do you consider tiny tire? 4.1 by and less? Sub 4 inch? Question mark. For me, uh, I would say right in there, yeah. Right around the 4 inch mark. Um, there are some 4.15s that I would still probably consider tiny tire if it's on the right body. But, I mean, tiny tire is kind of relative to body, not just tire diameter. But if we're talking tire diameter, yeah, four inch or under. Yeah, true. Okay. Yeah. You know, because like a four, a four, three, five on like a big 12, eight body is going to look like a tiny tire. Yeah, exactly. You know, so considering that part of the perspective, since some of the bodies coming out are considerably bigger than they were before, um, you know, that is a factor. Yeah, definitely. Well, up until recently, we just had the one option from Proline, which was a 4.19 Hyrax and KM3. But now we have little tiny KXs that we can get. Yeah. So what are the 3.85? 3, 3. Is that what those are? Little tiny. Yeah, I believe they're the same size as the, uh, the Element uh, General All-Terrain. Um, they're just not quite as wide. Nice. Right on. It kind of threw me that they went with a KX for that tire. I was thinking like the KM3 or the Alterine would have been a natural choice for that. The KX has kind of surprised me that they went that route. Uh, it's a good successful tire. It, it has more applications than the, than the Alterine. And perhaps they already had like a good branding package or um, royalty package with that particular cut of tire. Yeah, Which would have made it easier to cut a small one. Now, obviously, these are all just assumptions, but... It is a good tire. Yeah, no, that's actually I've got those on two of my rigs right now. I not the little ones, but the bigger ones. Just the KX is one of my favorite tread patterns. I really like those. 
Yeah, same here. So I don't know. I yeah, the way Brad put it was kind of just a lot of it kind of depends on the body, you know, for proportion wise. But yeah, I I don't know. I hope we see, there's a lot of choices out there, but I also hope we that we see a lot more. I think there will be as the scale thing becomes uh, more um, popular. Yeah. You know, like pure pure rock crawling is obviously still popular, but the scale looks is definitely taking more of the forefront. And after a while, like having a rig that just eats lines, like it, it, this sounds dumb, but like if you have a car that's too good, it really can get boring sometimes, you know? So it's kind of nice to well, have that. This the, yeah, this is the transition of 2.2 two to 1.9 all over again. Yeah. yeah. Really. Like, like 2015, 2016, 2.2 two two is run almost everything. At least up here, and now we're starting to see that push where people are like, okay, I can get a little bit more challenge out of this. These smaller tires do look a lot better, and the scale is kind of worth whatever performance you lose. And then we're just sort of seeing a continuation now. Yeah. So to the the point that cars are just even tiny tires now. One nines are the new two twos. Well, I was gonna say the way I see it is it still comes down to like what I call a purpose rig or like the direction that you're going you know there's still a lot of people that are going to run the one nine for a trail truck but there are the people that want to take it to that next level and they're like oh yeah this is gonna be a super scale build because like for instance the leaf sprung rig um that i'm still waiting on the body for that one i'm planning on running 155 just because i'm not going to hack up the wheel uh, the wheel wells just to fit one nines and the 155s actually that i'm looking at just because the truck i'm modeling runs those and i don't know anybody else who has them in 155 but i'm going with the rc four wheel drive uh uh mud thrashers they look like the og um mud Mud trains trains. oh okay yeah and uh they're actually at three 3.67 oh wow i've run those i've run those on a few rigs before that's a good tire it's kind of hard it's not a super grippy compound um, but the scale looks and stuff that's a really good tire yeah, so that's kind of the reason why I'm going with it. It fits the build. It, it's the look I'm going for because that's what's on the rig that I'm copying. Um, yeah. But yeah, like I said, that's not going to be a rig that like, you know, I, I'm still going to be, I guess, trail smart. You know, like if I'm going to an event that's a lot of like, like the like if I'm going to something at the Rubicon, I'm not bringing that rig because that's just not, you know, adequate for that style of trail. Now, if it's more something with a lot of like dirt and some small rock areas to crawl over yeah i'll bring it because then it makes sense um because the hard part i see is a lot of people justifying like when they go to certain areas and it's like just nothing but insane lines and they're trying to push a super stock 155 rig through it and it's just like i feel bad because you're just beating the thing to death to try and do something But when you do get it right, though, it's like twice as rewarding, though. Like if you can, you know, do some lines like that with some tires, like you definitely gives you like a good hero moment. Yeah, but like to his point, you see some of these rigs sometimes like pulling a a, a beautiful trailer and he's trying to run this V gap up a huge (laughs) incline. You're like, why are you doing that? It's just it's upside down and there's pieces falling everywhere and the ladder's hanging off. You're like, oh no, and they're just full punch and like there are some places. (laughs) Oh, oh, you know what? Speaking of trailers, I had a question I wanted to ask you, Brad, and I. I couldn't really tell from the pictures I've seen, but does the trail runner have a rear bumper? 
It has like a like a lower like balance. Okay, okay. It's like a it's like a clip on beauty piece that protects kind of the lower Lexan portion of it. Um, it doesn't have a conventional bumper in like uh, the receiver area. Okay, no. all right. That's what I was curious about because I want to try and figure out a hitch for one. So, all right. Yeah, it's pretty low. I have a hitch for mine, but it's a good probably fifteen millimeter, twenty millimeter drop from. Uh, the mounting point down to the hitch bend and then out. Oh, okay. Uh, I can send you photos of that. Oh, right on. It's a pretty cool piece. Definitely. All right, next up, Chris Trudeau. This this is like, man, he's trying to cause discord here. Of the element team, (laughs) who is most scale? Chris is such a troublemaker. It's like he he is Mr. (laughs) Controversy. Like, man... The element team, well, we're more of a family than a team. Um, I don't think there's a best. I think that everybody's got kind of cool skill sets of their own. Yeah. Um, that's kind of how the team was assembled, like a super friends type team, is everybody's got a different skill set. I think that's what makes the team overall um, you know, more of a family and works well. Um, yeah, everybody's got their good stuff. That was a very diplomatic answer. That was really good. <laughs> I, like I mean, that. if I'm being totally honest, I'll just I'll I'll say me. I'm, it's me. I'm the one. <laughs> I'm the best. No, on, honestly, the there's just so much from everybody. Yeah. Um, whether it's like I like somebody's video skills, I like somebody's uh, welding skills, I like somebody's photography skills. Um, yeah, I don't think anybody's perfect at all of it. Right. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, we're, well, all, we're all good. I'm not on the team, and I gotta say that Brad does have some of the most, like, ingenious ideas when it comes to building. Like, watching your Blazer build was just insane. The stuff you were coming up with, the, um, I'm, I, like, drawing a blank. It's the uh, the brake uh, the brake booster, the whatever Yeah, the booster master cylinder. Master cylinder, that's what I was looking for. Yeah. Like, I was just like, wow, this is nuts. Honestly, I, I see... I have kids, so I got to use this analogy. Have you seen the Lego movie? You know, I see mm-hmm. I see things like they did when they were uh, becoming a pro builder at the end. Where you, I just see everything in pieces. I don't see kind of anything really as it is. So I saw a master cylinder in my head. I knew that it's kind of a cup shape in the back. So I'm like, okay, well, the car is X size. That cup shape, what in the house exists is that cup shape. You know, and then I start to break it down from there. Okay, what are the defining parts of that brake booster? Well, it's kind of these circle bumps at the top of a booster where the humps are for each bladder in a booster, whether it's front and rear brake. And then it has a wire that goes over the top that holds that lid down. So I'm like, okay, well, these are the defining pieces. How do I make those pieces? And then usually I start rummaging through the kids' toys. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I thought that was cool because... You know, and I probably get a lot of flack for this. Like, you know, in the day and age of 3D printing, everybody just goes and says, oh, I need this, and they whip up a file and print it out, or they go on Thingiverse and find something and print it out and just, you know. The fact that you kind of are still sticking with, like, almost like the scratch-built mentality, like make it yourself, make it out of something you have, readily available parts, I think that's awesome. Yeah, definitely. Oh, thank you. That is, that's I, I come cool. from modeling, like from, from scale models as a kid, you know. Um, it's my favorite part. It's my climb. Like, I enjoy driving the cars too. That's super fun. But my climb, you know, is, uh, is like making these parts and stuff. You know, I go gate to gate by going, you know, part to part. Right. That's, that's, that's my favorite part. 
That Forerunner too is oh, pretty awesome. spectacular. The older body style one. That one, this one's been super fun. The brown one. Yeah, that one is pretty rad. Yeah, too. that one was a that one was a super fun build. Uh, that one for a good friend of mine. Um, I put a lot of heart and time into that one because I wanted to. The goal in that one was to make the best rig I had made up to that point, and I got close. I felt really good about it, but um, I don't think I. I don't think I hit it a hundred percent pretty close. That thing was pretty fantastic. And he like, he's taken some pretty great scale photos of that thing too, which is cool. Yeah. Ironically today he called me, uh, he has a, I made a C10 form. I don't know if you saw a silver C10 from a CR 12. He has it for sale and had someone contact him and say, I want to come check it out. Showed up at his house today and was thoroughly disappointed that it was a toy car. Oh, Uh, this gentleman was super upset. Really? Oh, that's <laughs> We've had a lot of situations that was like great. that. Like I've sold RC tires online before and like I even like so much as had like them stacked on a banner on a table and people still thought they were real. Like all they saw was Super Swamper and 30 bucks and they were like just on it and thought those were I mean, it's yeah. happened so many times. It's so funny. <laughs> Maybe that's a banner for the side of a semi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I think you're right, though. I think people see something quick, they see a title, and they move on. That's kind of the shame about news and stuff, too, is people pick up a title, and then there's there's no depth beyond that. Exactly, so. <laughs> yeah. It's just, so, yeah, this yeah. guy was super, super duper bummed <sighs> that uh, that my buddy did not have a legitimate uh, C10 for sale for uh, for 300 bucks. I mean, like, just uh, the price, you would think of it, that would, like, register, or he I would know, say, like, right? well, I mean, how many miles are on it, or something, you know, like, oh, that's nothing. pretty funny. The guy was thinking, this deal is too good, I'm going to go to the guy's house right now and pick up this car before it goes away. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. If it sounds too good to be true, it usually is. Oh, my goodness, so true. That's funny. Uh, so scooter scott no question just keep up the great work okay we will all right (laughs) we'll try (laughs) there is no try there is no try (laughs) yeah (laughs) all right all right next one jeremy kim this is for brad geck i'm in the middle of a project where there isn't any scale builds out there to go off of and the one that is out there is a video of how he built it but not much to go off of so my question is what is your thought process in designing the element rigs i.e suspension package gearing design the whole aesthetic well there are broad questions and then there's that question (laughs) that's pretty broad Um, i mean yeah, well, there's a bazillion factors. I mean, when it comes to to driveline design and shape, and there are already constraints that exist. Um, it's got to be this hex size. It's got to be about this width. It's got to fit under most 12-3 bodies, or it's got to be adjustable from 11-5-ish to 13-ish, you know? Yeah. These types of things. So you always start there, like with any kind of race class or with, like, cars on the road. The lane you travel in is X wide. Okay, well, then maybe that's your first parameter, and you begin from there. So that's what we do. Um, and it's the same thing with a body design. You look at the market, what's on the market, what's missing from the market, what are people uh, talking about, um, 
and and then you start making decisions from there and hopefully you make good ones sometimes they are sometimes they're not yeah fair <laughs> yeah i was just gonna say it's more like almost a reverse question it's like what are you what are you building like if you gave us more or maybe he doesn't want to give the build away but maybe if you gave us a little more to go off of we'd have a little bit better answer um because yeah. I'm like i'm reading over the question right now and it's like there is a video of how of how he built it so it's um my question is so if you're saying there isn't any skill builds out there to go off of but there uh and there is a video of a guy how he built it so is that a real rig or is that like what you're trying to scale down um i think that's where well a little more info what he's yeah. trying to do so i for I sure that I, would be like the first part i i think i know what he's talking about here jeremy's a local out at uh Die hard. Um, he is working on a solid axle drift truck based on a C channel chassis crawler. Is what he's trying to do right now, and so okay. Um, I have absolutely kind of no like advice. that crazy wide-bodied Hilux that guy from like Idaho or whatever made. I th- I'm talking about. I think I saw that one. He did like flares or is something. Is that the one he's trying to make? I- I don't know if that's the exact yeah. He's one. got a prime, he's got a channel on Prime. We watched it the other day. We were watching it, and the and the guy that he was working with at his shop or whatever comes out with a Reedy hat on, and um and a TLR shirt. I'm like, whoa! <laughs> hey, small world. <laughs> oh, yeah. So sorry, sorry for this for the quick tangent there. <laughs> tangent squirrel. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Jeremy. We just um. Unfortunately, I think with that project you're kind of on your own. I don't know. I don't know what kind of help we could really be with that. Um, Honestly, what it's going to come down to is he's. If you're going to embark in that journey, you're gonna. It's going to be a lot of trial and error because um, you're going to have to use what's readily available. You're going to have to pick a C channel frame that's going to work or that you're going to hope is going to work. Uh, then you're going to have to come up with some sort of adapting to it. So are you going to put when he says solid axle, are you going to put solid axle front and rear? Are you going to try and put some sort of an IFS bulkhead up front and keep the rear um, solid axle similar to like you know a trophy truck? He has an which, IFS, you know, so kit, it's like and I think that's what is going on the front because he just bought a Trail Runner and I think he's taking his SCX10 apart and that's what he's building this thing out of. Well, since Jeremy's oh. sp- spilling all the beans for him, uh, we'll. Uh, <laughs> I guess now we can have a little more to go off of. <laughs> well, I just yeah, figured I'd I mean, help if, out if, a little. If, when it comes to drawing, like on inspiration, if there isn't a guy out there that has built your vision already, then look to like pieces of other builds. Like I, I personally don't necessarily look at an entire car. I might look at like, oh, I like that fender set, and I like that patina, and I like that ride height and I like that interior maybe go about it like that you know piece together something that's a good way of looking it, to actually. Um, that's something that already exists that's kind of the and pro- oh sorry it's, it's, it's more fun I think no that's okay I was just gonna say refresh my memory did you say drag truck or drift truck drift drift okay so if I'm not mistaken the drifting is a lot smaller so a lot of those bodies or a lot of those vehicles are a smaller scale than one tenth i could be wrong but at least the ones i've seen seem to be very tiny like they're usually 200 millimeters wide it's like the touring car they're like nitro touring car size yeah okay yeah. um because the only thing i, I was going to say because it was drag you might have to 
use wheel spacers and stuff to like bring out the track width so you can fit any of those bodies. But uh, being that it's um, a drift, uh, you're you'll probably be able to make it work with you know either the um, element or the axial. Since I know you can put the IFS under that, that's kind of like your starting point. You're gonna have to go with one of the two because that's where that works. Um, and then from there, it's just gonna be trial and error. Obviously, you're gonna have to change the ride height. Um, probably gonna have to change the wheelbase, um, and then it's just gonna come down to what body are you using. He hasn't told me yet, actually. Yeah. I don't. I don't know what body he's gonna use on that thing. I the the part. Yeah, there are there are. What I'm struggling with is how he's gonna, you know, because with the IFS, it does hang down lower, and so if he's trying to like slam this thing to the ground it just makes me wonder what kind of issues he's going to run into there it, it, it's it's not going to be a easy project i mean that's that's pretty wild what he's doing yeah but some of those are some of the most fun ones though oh, yeah. the ones that have like a they're kind of ambitious up front he's definitely going to have issues when um with the ifs as is lowering it um it's going to put a, quite a bit of arm angle in it it's going to be pretty steep there's going to be a good bit of camber gain. Um, the front drive won't work. I mean, especially if you want to get it down low, like a like a road car, you know, like 10 millimeters of ride height, 15 millimeters of ride height. You want to get it down there. The front drive train is going to have to come out. I'm pretty well, sure he's being the drift. Wheel. I don't think you need it. Yeah. So that would allow for a bunch of steering angle to the front because you don't have to worry about chatter or anything like that. So you could really throw the front end a long way. Yeah, because there's a ton of steering um, angle on that IFS kit. Yeah, you might be able to, the lower arm, like the ball kicks upward or the, the cup kicks upward. You could probably flip that around. I think James Knight makes um, a bulkhead assembly that lowers the front end of the car. You might want to start there. That would at least uh -huh. take some of the mass out of the front end and lower it down. Good idea. That's a simple 3D printed part. You might want to start there. Um, but yeah, and you just kind of got to let the ball roll. It's definitely going to be one of those projects you put up on... You build some stuff, and then you sit back and look at it, and then you throw some stuff away, and then you keep going. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've been there. That's the fun, though. Yeah, for sure. Quick shout-out to Jeremy, though. He did an uh, unboxing video of the trail runner he picked up from JNS the other day on his Facebook. So if you want to see some day-one reaction out of somebody, go check out his Facebook post and uh, see his reaction to it. Nice. Will do. I bet he was really excited because he's been talking about that for a while. He's, he was waiting for sure. He loved it. Cool. Hopefully we didn't disappoint. So, no, there's no way. Yeah, I'm, he's going to love it. He's going to be <laughs> thrilled. Right on. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. All right, next question here from Chris Trudeau again. What is your go-to tiny tire and why? Who are we talking to? This is this is. I thought we were. This is wasn't our first rodeo. Um, I think, <laughs> judging by this, I think Chris is asking you, because in the next the and next you line, would be Brad, right? Yes, sorry. <laughs> ah, that's me. Yes, <laughs> I'm just joking with you. Um, I don't have a go-to anything for anything. Uh, I mean, I, I can't do that. Um, I can't pick a tire. For, for any situation. It's always going to be case by case. Um, I'm sitting in front of a rig right here. Um, 
this is this I'm dubbing the sore rig. It's completely full of sore stuff. <laughs> right on. And uh, it, it's got the tiny, the class one Hyrex. But immediately to its left is my um, Night Runner converted, or my Trail Runner converted with the Night Customs front end. And it's got the element um, altering, which I love too. Um, so it, it really depends. I don't really have a favorite. I like stuff that looks scale. I think it's super important that it fits the build. I don't want a crazy, gnarly-looking tire on something that looks like it's for a trail. Right. And I don't want an all-terrain on what looks like a rock bouncer. Yeah, exactly. Okay, his follow-up question to that is, who does better on the trail, you or John? No. Ha, Schultz is a completely yeah. better driver than me. <laughs> Hold Schultz on, are a... we talking about real truck or RC? <laughs> <laughs> Because John's hard on steering boxes. He's hard on everything. Well, he I don't know if he wants everybody knowing about this, but at the Rubicon, he blew out the front of a steering box and was stuck on trail for a day and a half. So. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it was brought up a couple of times on the old book face. So, yeah. He's been really quiet. That's not necessarily it. a flag that you want to wave, <laughs> yeah. but... Uh, He's a he's a tough boy. He'll take that on the chin, you know. <laughs> At the end of the day, he got it fixed that he finished the run, right? Uh, so, oh yeah, that's that's all. It was great. He he shows up at, he shows up at camp, and I said, "Oh, Johnny finally made it." And he goes, "Oh yeah." He goes, and then we were talking about taking my truck out on trail, and he goes, "Huh, I was just stuck out there forever." He goes, "You sure you want to take yours out there?" I said, "I don't worry, it's a Chevy. It'll make it back." <laughs> <clears throat> So the rest of that story is well, it's still up there. <laughs> no, my truck. No, I made it. In, I just. I mean, I didn't do the whole thing he did, but I made it in and out. And that's no awesome. I got some. Uh, I got some uh, slider rash, and that's about it. Rad. Trail signatures. So, but I told. I told him it's because he's still stuck on thirty fives. He needs to upgrade the big boy shoes. Get on thirty seven. You won't have that issue. Whew. Yeah, you also won't be able to travel down the highway, highway very much, and yeah. it's going to be tough packing those things in their rear wheel well. <laughs> yeah, I want to say he started oh, yeah. out I know. With he like, said he have, he'd have to do a lot of work. So I think he started with 33s and then went to 35s. Yeah. And then... Yep. Yeah. The 35s are tight. When when he's got it stuffed in, in the wheel well, it's, it's tight. <laughs> you barely get your hand around it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it fills the wheel well really well. And, mm -hmm. you know, XJ, there's not much you can do to it before you start getting into having to take the door no. face off and stuff. So, mm -hmm. unless he narrows yeah. up the rear axle. No, no. No, it's just, it's, just, uh, it's just fun, you know, poking the bear. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of his favorite things to do, too, so it's only fair. <laughs> Perfect. Exactly. So the And his last follow-up to that is... Is scale uh, 1.55 or 1.9 replacing the U4 slash bomber type rigs 2.2, etc. because of the scale aspect, or what is the ratio? That is for you, Brad. Oof. Um, I mean, I don't think anything's replacing something else. I think it's ebb and flow. Um, and I think, it, it, I mean, it happens in racing too. Two wheels hot, then four wheels hot, then trucks hot, and it just happens that way. Yeah. Um, right now, scale is hot. Um, it lasts longer. Anybody who's run, who runs bombers and runs U4 and stuff knows the rigs take a beating and they wear out super fast. Yeah. I mean, I know guys that were changing rod ends every run in order to keep the car tight. 
Um, it's just, I don't know, it really depends on, on, on what you do and where you're at. Um, around us, the scale thing seems to be um, much more popular. seems like everything's got an interior and a driver. And I remember it wasn't that long ago where hardly anything had an interior or a driver, and those that did kind of got panned for it, right? Yeah. Dollhouse. Now, Dollhouse <laughs> is, like, more common than normal. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, so neener, neener to all those the guys <laughs> that were making fun of our action figures. I don't think I can <laughs> feel good about myself anymore making something without an interior. Like, I, it's kind of just on my list of requirements from now on. Like, I just... I. I don't even want to make something unless I can do some sort of interior for it. Same here. It's probably because you enjoy the photography. You enjoy the look. Yeah. You know, yeah, and, it, and it, without a guy in it, I mean, without, I mean, without a guy, you could probably get away with it because you got out of your car to take the shot. Right. Right. But if you don't have an interior, it just, I don't know. It just kind of looks weird. Yeah. All the light coming. But if you're not into the photography and stuff, then get that crap out of there. You know, it's just wait. It doesn't need to be there. True. Yeah. So we, yeah, I think so. Okay. Um, let's see. Wes Braswell said, yeah, should be a good one. I have an element and an IFS sitting in box waiting for break-in builds, going with the pre-runner using one of my 95 Tacoma styrene bodies. That is a fine choice. I've seen that body that yep. he made. It's pretty darn cool. Rad. Yeah, I can't wait to see it. Knowing that guy, it'll be next level, so that'll be cool to see. Sweet. I love seeing these builds. This is my favorite. Um, building these cars, being part of the design of these cars, like the campaigning, all that stuff is super-duper fun. Seeing people play with them, seeing people, their own vision um, come to fruition, that's that's my favorite part. That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Sweet. Jade Warburton asks, for the group, what's your favorite rig built by someone other than yourself? <sighs> Jade, putting us on the spot, huh, bud? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know if everybody has heard of him personally, um, but uh, there's an Instagram account of a, of a gentleman named uh, Anzaka, I believe is how you say it, Anzaka Official. Uh, he makes some of the most incredible builds ever. I mean, uh, I think it was a few months ago, he was taking photographs of people and modeling their heads out of clay and making oh, driver figures. I, I know who you're um, talking about, yeah. He was making the full, like, uh, one-tenth scale, uh, the streamline, those chrome panel streamline trailers. They were exquisite. Uh, so that guy uh, has made countless builds that blow my mind. He's the one who does um, all the Pro Eagle Jacks too, right? Isn't that the same guy? Uh, I don't know if, if he does anything like that. Like, I see pictures. He has, like, these giant dioramas that are usually at fairs and um, shows and things like that, it looks like. Huh. Um, look him up. Um, I'm not sure where he's from, um, but his, his stuff is incredible. And he's progressed all through kind of cars and different things. The reason I found him was because I'm into the 1-8 Joe Jeeps, the bigger Jeep. And he had some epic Jeep builds full-sized Joe characters that move and all that kind of stuff. I haven't checked his Instagram out in a while. He has got a lot of wild stuff. Yeah, okay, yeah, this is the dude that, yeah, does all the heads and stuff. There's another guy in Japan. Do you ever see that Steve Carell movie? You see that Carell movie where he where he gets beat up and, like, disappears into the, in, like, his own little world? 
Nothing. Ever see that? No, I don't think I've seen that. No, I haven't. I don't think so. It's like the, the Life of Marwin or something like that, I believe. It's about a guy who has a bad experience with bullies or something like that, and they beat him senseless. And in order to escape the um, PTSD from it, he, he gets into modeling, like uh, model cars, RC cars. And he gets into this world to where the characters come to life. And in that, yeah, there's some epic builds. Oh, wow. It's really, really cool. Um, yeah, it's a kind of a cool movie that has some really epic builds in it if you, if you wanted to see it. It's got some sad stuff. It's a bit heavy movie, but, um, but it's good overall. I like it. I have to check that out. God, this okay. is crazy. Yeah, I've heard of that now. I've never, I never watched it, but now I yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's not his typical part, you know. It's not like his goofy, quirky part. He plays a very serious part, so it's kind of weird to see him that way. But he does a good job. Yeah, that'd be kind of trippy. Yeah. Yeah, waiting for him to to yell Kelly Clarkson. Or yeah, something like that. That's not exactly. <laughs> not in this one. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. Next question from Colin Branch. I would like to hear how everyone is liking the EPX kit. I hear it so sucks. far. I'm pretty good. Oh, okay. <laughs> you heard different. Than oh, thanks, man. <laughs> Brad, how do you like the EPX? <laughs> um, I can I can only comment on how it went together. I have not driven her yet. Um, it's completely done and assembled. I'm staring at it right now. Uh, it went together super well. I like it. Everything was it was a good fit. Um, all the parts were cut clean. Um, the instructions on the back of the header card uh, made me laugh. I thought that was super funny. Um, <laughs> um, they 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 got the job done. They knew exactly what I needed to do. Um, yeah, I liked it. Um, it's super duper low in the front. I wish I had an adjustable panhard. I wish I could raise that panhard up and mount my servo atop the deck. Oh, uh, yeah. Fix all that geometry. Mm -hmm. I could then really use how that key is set up in the front. I really use that front end a lot more. Yeah. Um, so if I get an adjustable panhard, then I'd be pumped. So right now I have my stock panhard cut in half in order to give it oh. some more upward compression through there. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm honestly looking forward to driving it. I have a, um, a Tundra Tamiya hard body on it. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing how that thing works too. It's kind of a mix of hard body, but it's not that big. So it shouldn't be as troublesome as a typical hard body. Yeah. That's the one thing that we never really touched on with that kit is you have a lot of choices as far as your ride height goes. And so yeah. when it comes to like the pan hard and stuff like that, like we're, you can't really anticipate, you know, what people are going to do so that you can kind of advise them of that. So it's, yeah, it's, uh, you know, and of course, that's something I started thinking about after the fact, you know, because we kind of just built it according to how I have the test truck set up and just kind of went that way. But I'm actually going to try a servo on axle with it and just make it a full on cheater truck. So I'm going to do that and then throw the um, that upper plate for the IFS on top to replace it, the stock servo mount and then mount the servo winch up above that. That way I'll still be able to have all that and nothing will be in the way or anything because it'll move that winch closer to the battery battery box. So it'll be nice. interesting. Should... No, the kit's good. It has, it has everything you need. It's all there. That's like my favorite part about the kit is it's all the adjustments are kind of there and then you pick your position. Um, 
I wish that we had more room where the gear cover goes. Yeah. Um, for the for the upper four link mount, but that's just inherent in the design that we that the corner that we painted you in, uh, we being Element. Um, <laughs> there's just not a lot of room there. Um, you can kind of, I guess, what you could do. I, I was thinking about doing is heating up the gear cover right there, since there's a ton of clearance to pinion small, and right. then possibly deforming it with heat. Um, that way, it could retain the cover. Uh, but I just didn't get that far right now. It's just off. I ended up just. I don't run in water or any crazy debris, so I'm not worried about it. Yeah, I, I don't run them yeah. on mine. There's one that I have the cover on, and I just trimmed it so that it would fit. And then the other one, I yeah. don't even have a cover on it. But yeah, that that's a uh, that's a problem with the axial too, as Travis found out. Yeah, I even <laughs> yeah, had I even whole... had the bar. So you guys, I'm going to assume because. Unfortunately, the instructions that were on the back were sans pictures, but <laughs> the, I, the 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 four link bar in the back was or block was meant to be bolted to the inside of the frame rail, correct? Yes. Okay. So I mean, you could I had it on the outside of the frame rail, um, which does kind of alleviate the problem of the the tower being in the way. So you could do that, and then space off and run a longer bolt out to the to the four link um, itself. Um, there's like there's ways around it, but then you'd be putting an insane amount of leverage on that block. Yeah, via that and then bolt. may have to cut your um, so, too. Yeah, it's give or take. Yeah, pick your battle. If you want your gear cover on that bad, then there is an option for you, but <laughs> you got to really want it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You know, there's yeah. there's 400 adjustments on that block. Use one of the other ones. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so, that's basically yeah, the whole the good. Yeah. Ax axial kit doesn't exist is because of number one the amount of variety in what kind of transmissions you can get for the axials uh, on yep. top of that they all are super wide so the one thing I haven't tried yet is just dropping the element transmission just straight into one and seeing if that fixes it so Wait, that's, that's should I mean because so the only trans that I know of that's going to work on the axial moving forward with that would be the first style not the silver one but the first three gear transmission that's probably the only one that's thin enough to where it's you know not going to create an issue because we unless you flip the motor in their crazy kit version transmission unless you flip that trans it's a no-go with that one and then the silver one is just too bulky and too much plastic hanging around in order to get it to fit so really i mean that's kind of your only choice i think it'd be the element one or you know go with like a plastic or vanquish uh case for the three gear that's really about it yeah but then yeah i don't see why i wouldn't have like dro dropping the dropping the element one in obviously it drops in without modification it just for what i have to verify is am i going to have the same clearance issues that I have with the element kit or am yeah. I fighting something new like that's 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 what I need to confirm if it's the same thing then I'm not as worried about that but if there's all these other issues like what like so for some background so I did actually make and print an APX and bolted it and installed it and everything but the amount of modification that I would have to do to make it clear at the link risers is not really worth doing like for me like it, I, it seems pointless releasing a kid that you're gonna have to do all this modification yourself for that to me you know, besides some like light Dremel work or like you talked about Brad like deforming the cover or just taking it off 
to me, like, that's the most I would want to do, and that's the most I would expect people to do. Yeah. Because yeah. you, so, you don't really want to, like, I, I don't want release it and be like, okay, this will work, but now you need to buy this part, you need to buy this part. Yeah, and, now uh, I need to give you guys five or six steps and everything you need to do to make sure it's compatible. That, that doesn't make a lot of sense, yeah, and that's I not a that experience. Yeah, I think that would Yeah. So that's why it hasn't happened. So... Hopefully in due time, though. We'll see. But yeah, that's what's up. Um, and then the Elliot had a follow-up question to that. Is The more important question is when they'll have more in stock. Yeah, <laughs> <sighs> um, yeah so, so last I had heard, uh, it should be really within the next couple... should be the next two weeks. I should have a clearer answer on that. I was hoping it'd be by now. But our supplier for these uh, is extremely backed up, and so that has led to the delay in getting more kits out. So the first one sold out a lot faster than we intended it to, and we didn't quite get on the reorder train fast enough. But despite that, we would have been in the same situation anyway. So the box in that type. That's it. Yeah, it's. Well, that and then there's also those two other pieces that we're working on that we're waiting to hear back on too. So, I don't know. Yeah. Hopefully when so we do get the news, we should have a lot of news. So that'll be good. Yeah, exactly. Um, I can't wait to run that Eagle Hood ornament. Wait, we weren't, are we recording? Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, and then the last question we have for the night is, uh, my, my question is, what the heck was going on with the day in last week's thread? Oh, my secret admirer? Yeah. I just, <laughs> oh, boy. I, I just have appeal. Great question. That's, that's all there is to it is an easy answer. I just, I have appeal. <laughs> yeah. She never answered, though, so just, you know, another missed connection. I even tagged her. I even tagged her and no response. So, not nothing. It was a bummer. Yeah, that's all right. Not today, Isis. <laughs> Dang it. Uh, Dang it. I mean, in all seriousness, though, like, where, where most people obviously find those situations annoying and will, you know, delete this and that or whatever, it, sometimes it's okay to have fun with those things, too. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, yeah. We when that have a lot of fun with I, callers. I, Oh yeah, scam callers and everything else. It's it, it's a wild ride if you let it become one. The the guy from so. the Middle East trying to convince us that he, in the matter of like three and a half minutes, got a bench warrant because <laughs> we wow. wouldn't pay yeah. him. <laughs> that well, man you know, has some pull. Oh, I need that oh, guy's number. That's pull. It was so funny. We yeah. we ended up recording the call. <laughs> it was it was pretty fantastic. Due to I mean, quality assurance, we're recording your call. Yeah. He, yeah. he was fired up. We we didn't want to pay him, and he got really upset with us. You know, like on that, just a quick note on that though. What is really sad though is that there are people who legitimately fall for those. Yeah. And, yes. Beyond me, how? But yeah, people like all the time somehow fall victim to those things, and yeah, which is, like, so I don't know if you guys seen the latest inst- the Instagram one that's going around now, or the, I guess Instagram and Facebook is the. Have you seen what they've done to your pictures? Click here. And you click, and it's a, oh. it's a login screen for either Instagram or Facebook. And then, boom, you put oh. in your login. Oh, Done. no. 
So, yeah, wow. I mean, you just got to be careful. You have to understand, like, there's certain things that, that these companies would never ask. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's a, an officer, an officer would never call your house and, and ask yeah. these questions, you know, like this, these things don't happen like that. So you got to, I don't know, you got to have a little bit of a head on your shoulders. Um, the ones I hear about that get taken advantage of are the uh, elderly and stuff. They yeah. just, they're not at the capacity to be able to handle it. And uh, they, have, they get taken advantage of and that sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Bad. When I worked for Best Buy, we like had a huge deterrence program against gift card scams, and so yeah. because people would call up, you know, elderly people, and tell them this or this, you know, is happening or whatever, you're gonna lose your house unless I can get paid eight thousand dollars exclusively through iTunes gift cards. Yep. And so they'll come in and they'll walk up right to the counter, grabbing a whole pile of these, and explain what's going on, and and you know you have to sit there and explain to them, no, like. Someone's lying to you. Like you're fine. Yeah. Please, I mean, number one, you're not allowed to buy all of this because of that. But two, exactly. You know, it, please be careful, dude. That's yes, such that. a there's, rotten thing just... to do to people. Yeah, yeah. But, um, look around, man. There's no shortage of rotten people. Yeah. Unfortunately, true. Well, that's true. But that 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 wraps up all our questions. So we we plowed through those pretty good. But yeah, I mean. Was there Did we really else talk about tiny tires? tires all that much? Yeah, we didn't talk about it that much. Was there? Any, I was just going to ask: Is there anything else that you guys wanted to talk about regarding them? They're tiny foam options. <laughs> There's we actually have a lot more foam options now than we've had in the past. So that's oh, okay, good. so that's a good question. What do you? What it do? You, like for me, I'm a little bit less experienced in that category. So like, if you're choosing a tiny tire as opposed to just your standard one nine. Um, you know, big tire, like what is your thought process as far as what kind of foams you choose? Like how does that change? Foam should be, the, you should think about that the same for everything. Foams, air pressure. So depending on your vehicle's weight is, you, you have an X amount tire size and you've got to fill it. And then you got to fill it with however much pressure you want. Open cell foam mm -hmm. is easy because you can just trim it, right? You just get your scissors out and you trim it down to kind of whatever size you want. Closed cell stuff is considerably more difficult. That's more purpose. Like if you're going to get a one nine closed cell foam, it's only going to go in one night. It's not going to fit right in a one five five. Yeah, the ones that I tried recently were the crazy crawler ones, and they their one nine closed cell, the one that's for the class one tires. It it was a little bit big and had a really really square profile and. It just didn't quite fit right, so I ended up using them in the 4.35 uh, BFG All Terrains instead, and it was a perfect yeah. fit. But that Bronco that we did, the uh, Shelby one, I used their medium density um, star cut foams that were open cell in that one, and I was really, really impressed with those for being an open cell foam. They were just the right firmness to where the tire didn't really want to roll over or anything like it just it was a good fit for that rig so i think if uh if you're having some trouble you know trying to pick a foam the crazy crawler ones are pretty awesome um i've messed with crawler innovations ones in the past um i am i don't know if the i had kind of mixed results with their stuff like the the gray closed cell portion of their two-stage foams like beat down really fast and like got compressed and just kind of stayed that way and then the uh, <clears throat> outer ones just kind of I, I don't know I just I, I didn't have very good luck with them so I 
kind of right now my go-to for foam for you know smaller tire sizes and stuff is the crazy crawler ones nice try the factory team foam that, that's on the um, associated electric site um, there's a factory it's big foam it's designed for the um, bigger um, general tire but um, it can be cut down obviously that foam is awesome it handles the water really well um, it doesn't it doesn't deteriorate and break down like some of the other foams we ran. We, we worked for a long time to get a foam that lasts a, that lasts a good amount of time. That foam's good. It's funny. That's like one of those things that you just don't think about the manufacturer going through that process of, you know, it's like you guys think of every little detail. And like when we're trying to imagine, you know, the steps that you guys go through with like R and D and stuff, the tire foam is like one of those things that you just wouldn't suspect, you know? Oh, I mean, Countless tire foams um, and different materials, different cuts, um, how they run, you know, how they wear, um, again, how they handle water. That was a big thing. Foam, once it gets wet, it usually is done. It loses all of its kind of bounce. Um, but this foam, is, is it holds true. Um, yeah, it's much better than, than all the foam we had used up to that point and, and really for its cost, too. Because up here, we don't really vent stuff just because... I mean, you'd be replacing foams left and right because we have so much yeah. rain and everything. But no, that... yeah, see, we're the other way. Like, I vent everything because right. we run on sandstone, so it's pretty slick. So it's kind of aired down setup. I even run sometimes air gap, so I'll run an insert that doesn't fill the tire completely. Oh, and just kind of let it let the heat kind of yeah. expand the air in it. Well, a little bit. Now it's vented, so it won't really do oh, that. Okay. It's more so that the tire can kind of shimmy. Like, by having some gap in between the, the tire itself and the foam, top to bottom, in diameter, not in its width. If you have it in the width, then it, then it's, the whole car um, is like it's on crappy shocks. <laughs> I'm just talking about, like, so that you have a little bit more wrinkle. Gotcha. You get the tire patch kind of a bit flatter. Sure. It's kind of like running less pressure. Um, if you've ever done any kind of real crawling or if you've ever run an inner liner, maybe in your dirt bike, mm -hmm. where you can run separate pressures... You can run a pressure on the main tire, and then you can run a pressure on the inner liner. So it's kind of like that. Right. So you have like kind of a soft pressure on the outside. That's what the multiple stage foam does. Right. It kind of it gets tighter as it goes through. So uh, like short course race trucks will have a main a main tire, and then there's an inner tire on the inside that will pick up bigger impacts that the main tire won't hold. Oh, that's wild. Yeah. Now, not every team runs those. It's kind of a setup thing, and you can right. adjust the pressure within that inner tire. So, yeah. You know what I never messed with that I kind of always wanted to try was those uh, tuning discs that Crawler Innovations had. I, I don't know if they still make them or not, but I, I don't have any friends that have tried them or anything like that, but it always struck me as kind of a cool idea that would be kind of fun to play around with. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's tough to get a tire that has a solid sidewall from side to side, but then has a good face squish, like a, a good tread squish, usually kind of compromising one or the other. Right, yeah. You know, a tire that will hold 45 degrees of steering on a downhill and won't fold onto the wheel, but then still has a good squish when you're climbing up. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's, kind of a, it's kind of a dance to get those right. Yeah, definitely. Adam, you now you replaced the big balloon nittos with the smaller older version right on the white jk correct belt. okay mm -hmm. what'd you do for films on that one the stock ones that came with it okay yeah i've i've 
have yet to come across a foam that fits those good. So I was just curious. The old, the super narrow nittos, the first yeah, ones. Yeah, the really cool ones. Yeah, I honestly, I, I ran a few of those throughout time too, and I always ran the stock foam. Like those, those things ran good on the stock foam. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I never really had an issue. The only yeah, time no, I really change good. foams is like. I have a couple rigs that are a little heavier, so I'll switch over to a two-stage so the rig won't completely just smush the stock foams. Yep. That's pretty so much So you're not running on a flat. Exactly. <laughs> so you must not run in much water then. If you're getting a lot more longevity out of your foams, then you're probably not getting the car wet much. There's certain – well, I guess not really. I mean not a lot of the trails we go on have a lot of water. I mean I'm no – you know, I'm not scared of water. I go through it all the time, and we actually get that a lot with um, – that's actually – I have a couple videos of a couple of those rigs um, I use as kind of like an answer because I think we've kind of addressed this before, but there's some people that are like – they want to see everything in writing. Like they want to hear that it has a warranty, that it's waterproof, that it's this, that it's that, and uh, – being um, the position I'm in with the MKS team, there's a lot of people that go, oh, we, we, you know, we have somebody who's interested, but they're just scared because it doesn't say waterproof. And it's like, well, here, I'll show you my rig going through, you know, where you can just see the cab of it, and I drive from one end of the stream to the other, no problem, come out, keep going. I said, I, ne- I haven't done anything to that yeah. car. So it's like, I don't know, some... It, to answer that, I guess the question that's what I'm saying. I'm not scared of water. I'll submarine, I'll submarine the truck just to just to do it. But um, yeah, no, I get a, I get pretty decent longevity. The oldest, I'm trying to think, the oldest set of tires that I have have all been switched out. There's been a couple of rigs. I went through like two phases. I guess the one phase was the solid foams, the or the closed cell foams was like. For a short period of time, those were like the foams to get. Like you didn't get two-stage. You didn't run the stock ones. You always ran the closed cell. And then the problem that I have with those is it causes your truck to like bounce when you're trying to go over certain obstacles. You get that really bad bounce. So then I started switching over to if I was going that direction to kind of like not have a tire sitting, you know, on – you know, practically the rim, I go with the two-stage. Um, I have the two-stage on the yellow blazer, which works fine, but I might have to open those back up and gl- maybe glue the foams together or glue the foams to those rims because they seem to shift on me a lot when I side hill. Oh, that is so annoying, and you get the wobble. Yep. Yeah, that drives me nuts. Yeah, every time that I would take a rig out and I was doing that, there was a guy that would – that was in the club that we used to have who'd make jokes about Les Schwab did the balance job on him and stuff. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah. Well, that's yeah, like, yeah. that's like Michelle's dad is like a fanatic about all that stuff. Like all that stuff bothers him. And like, I'll be driving and he'll see like the one tire start doing that wobbling. And he's like, did you bend something? Is something, is your wheel about to fall off? And I go, no, it's just the foam. It's shifted. I'm not shifting it back though. Cause it'll just shift again the next time I go off camber. So, just do a figure. Just do a figure eight real quick and shove all the foams back to the inside, and you're good. <laughs> oh, but the other thing I wanted to add about that rig, the um, the SCX 10.3, since I did the portal delete, I finally got my hands on a set of those gears, and that changed that rig night and day. Oh, you got to try it. 
oh, I drove it down. I, well, let's put it this way. I set a, a piece of plywood up at a very steep angle, and I slowly gave it throttle, and the thing will do a slow crawl now and start to, like, come up. Instead of before, it was, like, fast. So you could never... Because like it was a, it was one to one. You could never get it to slow down to bite. It was always trying to do it at 100 miles an hour, and that's why I was burning up the motor. So I sat there slowly crawling up it. I did it like a handful of times. Put my finger on the motor. Things ice cold. Oh, perfect. That's so, such a good feeling when you nail it like that. You're like, yes. Well, I knew that was gonna. Well, I kind of had a feeling that was gonna be an issue. It's just I was a little slow to order, and everybody's back ordered on those gears. Is it because so, people are doing the portal delete? Is that like turned into a popular thing? I don't now, think or? it. No, to be honest, I think part of it was when um, was when SBG did the video of how low can you get the gearing, and he put those in with the portals to and the I think with an eleven tooth pinion just to show how low you can get it, and that might have sparked a lot of interest because. I went on A main. They say back ordered until August 30th. You go on Horizon's website, back ordered till August 30th. So I was watching on eBay because they kept saying, "Oh, uh, ready to ship." Like they kept changing the date. Ready to ship June 1st. Ready to ship June 9th. Ready to ship this. And I was just like, finally, I was starting to get irritated because I said, "Oh, I bet you they're just leading everybody on. They're not even getting the things. They're just, you know." They're going to keep doing the same thing, and then all of a sudden – it was actually during the recording last week. It, I just happened to check, and it said ready to ship, so I ordered it. Dude, that's such a like common problem with everything right now. Well, that's kind of one of my – I guess you can say last resorts is I will go on eBay and search because there's a lot of small um, mom-and-pop shops that use eBay to sell some of their items across country so they can make a sale and uh, that's kind of how I found it. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, it's not a bad way of doing it. I mean, that that's how I found that bomber chassis. It was eBay. You know, just find one of those outfits that just parts cars out, you know, and sells them and, you know, divide mm -hmm. it up into lots or however they do it. And... So are you going to be talking about that car or did, uh, or did you just slip and not remember? I don't know. I mean, I, I can. It just, I... <laughs> I uh, I I built a bomber. Well, let's see. Actually, I, I'm not calling it that. But what's that beeping sound? Is there a truck backing up somewhere? <laughs> yeah. What is that? Let me, let me go back here a second. No, it's um. So what it is? It's a I I call it element based because it has all element running gear. It's got an element trans and it's got element axles and element links. Um, all attached to a bomber cage and finally got to drive it super super fun i've been kind of trying to work on like panels and stuff i got some cool panels from uh barn dog racing and uh yeah. did some business with him earlier on in the year um he wanted some decal stuff and then when i decided i wanted to try this u4 build that's when i was like oh you know what i'm gonna hit that guy back and kind of you know return the favor and buy some of his stuff. So got some of his panels, nice. threw them on there. And uh, no, it, it, it's been pretty good. The, there's the one thing I'm not super happy with is the skid. And 
I didn't go with one of those plates or anything that a couple different outfits have just because of the fact I wanted to try and get the motor as low as I possibly could. So I ended up taking the skid and where it's got the ribs, like the webbing molded into it to, you know, retain some strength, but be light. I filled all of those with two part epoxy and just kind of made it solid plastic and then just redrilled my holes for the element transmission. Um, really about nice. the only hard thing to do is just drive shafts at that point the the it actually worked out to where the front drive shaft is longer than the back drive shaft just due to where it all had to sit on the skid but uh no nah, it, it performs really good um it's got proline prospect shocks on it probably going to go lighter on the oil i didn't realize how much lighter this thing is than the axial bomber i had year you know years ago and so I'm probably going to go down to like a 35 or 40 weight shock oil. And then I already replaced the springs with softer ones. Cause I like Travis and I went and shot a little bit of video of it. And immediately it was like, you could just tell the thing was too stiff cause it's just kind of bouncing all over, but it's all bound up. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was just a little too tight, but it still actually, you know, it worked decent. I, uh, kind of had to get creative and have a sway bar on the front and the rear that took a little bit of thought and planning nice. so that that worked out really cool um i went servo on axle on that one because it was you know with the bomber there's no way to really do a chassis mount one unless you're like 3d printing genius which i'm not so um, <laughs> no it was just a really good like practical build and it works really well i, I think uh it's going to be fun to trail it's got a go fast brushless system in it. it's got a um, Tekken RX4 and a 3100 KV Rock 412, so it it has some Yeehaw. has some scoot to it. So no, it, yeah. it's just really fun, and like I'm I'm trying to make like I'm really trying to go scale with it and make it look like you know a real one, and so that's been kind of my mission with this. So I went with one nines because I just I always felt like the two twos look silly on the bomber and the Yeti, like they were just you know. In real life, those would be... Who runs 22s, man? Yeah, right, yeah. Like, those <laughs> those tires are so big when you compare them to the driver figure that comes in, and it's like, dude, those tires would be, like, five feet tall. I mean, that doesn't work. So, immediately, I was like, yeah. I, ever since the bomber came out, I wanted a 1.9 bomber, and I thought it'd be really cool. And so, this was just kind of, like, the perfect thing. I was like, you know, I'm going to do a bunch of aluminum paneling and radiator and oil cooler and do all this stuff. Might even do a sound box in it. I'm not really sure, but... Ooh. I want to try and make it just as super scale as I can. I found uh, I found a great source for window nets, actually, and it was through Amazon. And you get this massive piece of this really pliable rubber window net. And they give you, like, the smallest, like, the, the tiniest zip ties I've ever seen. Just, like, they're just to where, you know, you're not really going to notice that it's zip tied on, which I thought was really cool. And they actually included hooks to where you can hook it over the cage and like open the nets to gain access to the inside. So like they unfasten and stuff. Oh wow! Yeah, really, really cool. And oh, so sweet. yeah, it was. Yeah, just it's been a really fun build, and I'm kind of looking forward to spending some more time with it. But uh, no, it should be pretty great, especially with the overdrive trans and stuff in it. I'm just I don't know. I'm excited. It'll be cool. I'll probably get to try it out on trail stuff for the first time this weekend. So when we're happy. what's the wheelbase uh you know what's funny is i haven't measured it i know it's over 13 inches so so wow yeah it, what does it look like at, at over 13 inches with uh with uh, um, the element axles i mean it must look like limo i it's normal yeah um i 
I use some uh, wide offset SLW hubs on it. Okay. And yeah, that would help. I mean, I, I'm not pleased that that was the route that I had to go necessarily because now there's a lot of force on the kingpins and the um, and the uh, stub axles. So yeah, I, makes the steering wonky too. Yeah, yeah, it's got like some scrub to it. So yeah. it's I I think for trailing and stuff it'll be great. Serious race rig, yeah. no, but uh. No, I think, but you're making something rad in scale, right? Yeah, the, yeah. The I wanted drive. like a super. You're not gonna flog this thing through a rock field, yeah, right? Yeah, no. I'm gonna be nice. <laughs> I'm gonna be nice to it. It, it was pretty fun, and it, I ran open cell foams in that because just some experience I had with racing U4 in the past. I had tried dual stage. I tried single stage, and they just bounced like a, a basketball off of rocks. It was terrible. So. I figured out like the good like go fast foam for U4 was just the stock open cell foam, so that's what I have in it right now. But no, like it's actually really proportionate. It is shorter than the bomber normally is. The axle and the the rear axle is probably tucked in about an inch more than how the bomber is with the trailing arms on it. You know, when you just buy one off the shelf, but nice yeah i don't know it, the one i mean i've seen the term one nine bomber thrown around for for a couple of years now and that was kind of a a unicorn type thing people were looking for it seemed like that was a something that never got made but was it, yeah heavily desired and that was kind of where i was at with this you know i was like i want a cool looking one nine u4 truck you know and it was like yeah. i i've always wanted to build a dragon slayer but i just don't have the time to do welding or anything so once this thing's finished, probably the next project will be a element-based moon buggy. I'll do a steel chassis on that and shorten up the wheelbase a bunch on it and build a little moon buggy. So that'll be kind of the, right. the next fun project to do. Way so cool. Can you, can you at least use my name? Can you call it a, a Bombdero? A Bombdero? <laughs> 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 That's what I've struggled with because it's like I don't really want to call it a bomber for like multiple reasons. So I've just been like generically calling it element-based u4 cars so yeah but see that's like long and technical and you sound like some scientist like you know naming a species this is it sounds like we're not this is this is serious dude like this is si- don't let this them treat science. you like that boomer <laughs> <laughs> i am doing some sciencing with this uh. Sciencing. Sciencing. There's so much <laughs> sciencing involved with the science behind scale trucks. So yeah, <laughs> I've got a degree in everything. It was on. It was online, but still. From YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> YouTube certified mechanic. <laughs> yep. You're a YouTube certified scientist doing scientific things. Sciencing all day, all night. That's all. Sciencing. That's all we do here. Sciencing. <laughs> So actually, Adam, I had a question for you, and it's because I genuinely don't know the answer to this. Mm-hmm. Do you have a Do you have a tiny tire build right now, like one that's done that you drive on a regular basis, or is it just the one that you've got the three D printed body and stuff for? It's just that one. That's the only one. Um, I don't have anything with like. I mean, I think the smallest tires that I have on one of my builds would probably be the tow truck. Because those are the original um, pitbulls, the three point or what is or no four point six five or four point four five rock beasts. Is that what's on it? Yeah, that was mm-hmm. a good size tire. 
those were proportioned really well. Those are the very those first the, tires I bought. Those, yeah, and those were the tires that that was like the model until Proline came out with the XL. Then all of a sudden, everybody went XL. Which I would love to see more in between sizes, like the Nittos and like the Proline BFG all terrains. Like that, in my opinion, that's like one of the most perfectly proportioned scale size tires because they're narrow they're you know just tall enough so well the re the whole reason why i got rid of those wide nittos was just for the fact that one they didn't look proportional to the body two i was having scrubbing issues left right and center because they were huge they do look really big i mean i'm not trying to be a jerk or anything but like those tires look no, huge they, on that jeep what a jerk i know they know they, they do i've looked I've looked at a couple of my photos from when I had those on there, and then when I switched over to the original Nittos, and night and day difference, the original looks way better. I mean, the yeah, the original Nittos look way better. We're doing way yeah. more. Have you ever put the element? Have you ever put the element generals, the one nine generals, like under a, a trail walker? They're huge. <laughs> I so it kind of just it just really depends. Yeah, well, I haven't heard. I haven't. One of the things I've been messing with, and I haven't seen a whole lot of other people mess with, is start like deviating from the conventional rim to or wheel to tire size. You know, start putting one five tires over a one nine wheel or over a one seven wheel, and start to mix with that. It, it has interesting effects to the sidewall and to the overall look of the car. The ones you did, I did that on that Trail Runner looked fantastic. Yeah, because to, like a modern Trail Runner, a modern whatever this was modeled after. <laughs> If it were in real life, that particular vehicle would probably run somewhere in the 17, 18-inch wheel in real life mm-hmm. off the showroom. It wouldn't run a 15-inch wheel. Right. Right? So, you know, if, if this was true to scale in one-tenth, I would, I would think the wheel would be closer to a one-nine. That's the reason I went with a one-nine. thought it looked more true. That and that goldish bronze color do look really cool with the black and white. Like, yeah. It, it looks super good. It helps bring out the factory team shocks underneath it. Those bronze oh, shocks. Like you that went, I haven't done that yet. Travis and I both need to do. We've talked about it a lot, but we haven't haven't pulled the trigger on it yet. Thy game, you shall step up. Well, Travis gonna have his first tiny tire rig here pretty quick. I gave him that Shelby Bronco, so he's gonna get to see what that's all about. Nice. So that'll be fun. It's fun. It makes you. It definitely makes you pick a, a better lines. Um, I think the end of your climb feels it feels a little bit better because you definitely had to work for it. Um, the big green I don't know, the whole process is just better for me. It's just way yeah. more fun. It it's I don't know. Like I said, I mean, it's like you can go to the same spot you go to all the time and drive the same tired lines and stuff, and then you throw something down with you know roughly a four inch size tire, and it's like completely new experience, and everything is way more rewarding. So. And they look better, yeah. honestly. I mean, it, let, let's be honest. Like, the smaller tires really do look better on most of these rigs. So, well, they then, even they'll, they'll crawl better than their one than their real one to one counterparts with the one or the tiny tire anyway. Like, if you do any kind of trailing in real life or or rock crawling or anything like that, jeeping, whatever you want to call it, um, like the rigs don't work like these RC cars do. Nothing does. No. And if it does, it's a hundred and fifty thousand dollar rig that was brought down a trailer. Um, yeah. This like, is so. I I think the tiny tires, like this this trail runner, is way more practical. Yeah. 
Yeah, 100%. And that, and that that note that you made as well as far as that, like, look, they don't handle the same. It applies a lot to the rest of the tuning characteristics. Like when people start talking about anti-squad effects on a one-to-one, it's like, well, you're playing a, a completely different game here with completely different context. Like these are the things yep. that you have to remember. It's like power-to-weight ratio, everything is just completely out of whack. So it's yeah. it's like relearning the how... Book, the book kind of stops there at power-to-weight ratio. The, the, right. the ratios are so vastly different. Yeah. I mean, really, the conversation should stop there. Yeah. We can't we can't yeah. even start to get into CGs and stuff like that. I mean, it's a completely different animal. And, you, can, you can use the basics and kind of start there, but you have to deviate. You have to break out of the box. Yeah, we've seen guys that try and do some sciencing and, you know, put up a diagram talking about anti-squat and stuff, and you're just like, well, kind of, but it's not really the same, and it's 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 pointless to even, like, jump in any of those conversations because it, you're just, you know, not going to get anywhere because dude that, you know, went four by and you know, last weekend and whatever and has some RC trucks and, you know, has a general understanding, isn't going to completely realize that, you know, this is different and, you know, some transfers over, but not lots. Yeah. The yeah, driving only- style is a lot to do with the two. If you're, if you roll through your lines or if you're like jerky and pause, momentum is a huge deal with climbing. Oh yeah. If mm-hmm. you can run a line um, once where you keep the momentum and it kind of climbs right to the top and then you do it again and you kind of try to go slow, maybe to do it for a video and you do kind of this herky jerky line, it won't pull it. So, and, you know, setup will have a lot to do with your driving style, uh, how you can articulate your finger, um, that kind of stuff. There are just like anything else, the so many variables. Yeah, and plus, yeah. You, like, the, the thing that I was trying to, like, mention to people when I'm having that conversation is, like, look at the link length on Jeeps. It is nothing like what you see on an RC car. Like, the the links are so much shorter on the real thing. And so, I mean, just that in itself changes everything about it. So, I mean. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, because they don't have, we don't have constraints in RC cars. We don't have to protect anybody's life. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so that's that's constraint number one that we can forego. <laughs> race cars, like race cars, the way they drive and handle and land, they would absolutely kill the driver. Oh, yeah. There's just no question about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, we had, when we were doing short course stuff, we had short course racers that would look at RC cars for things to, to utilize. And there was some crossover. There is some Ackerman and some things like that that were learned from RC that transferred over that way. That's pretty cool. But for the most part, there's really not a whole lot that can be transferred over. Imagine the size of this, the shock would have to be. You know, Imagine if your links were six feet long. <laughs> like, I, yeah, it would, be, it would be super awkward. Oh, yeah. Well, you guys kind of led the charge in the short course world. I mean, Traxxas obviously had the slash, but like in the racing world, though, you guys were like right on the forefront. And I mean, God, you'd watch any of the Lucas Oil races and you'd see like... Carl and all those guys, like everybody and anybody who was any good had RC 10 stickers on their, on their real trucks yeah. out there. So you guys were, all those were, those it. were some fun times. Those were, those are really great people. We had some really good times doing that kind of well, stuff. You guys even, they're all fans like RC cars, just like us. I mean, racers are racers. It doesn't matter. I mean, whether oh, yeah. you're, whether you're racing each other to, you know, to the line of the fast food restaurant or, <laughs> you know, you're racing each other in conversation or whatever it might be like, if you've got racing in your blood, you're doing it all the time, everywhere, with everyone. <laughs> That's true, though. No, you're absolutely right. It's so funny, too, because you just wouldn't think that guys that race the real thing would have any interest in this. 
Like you just you wouldn't, and it's so funny to see him. Just I remember when we first met Casey Curry, like, dude, he was just so geeked out with his little pit setup and like chargers everywhere, and that I mean, like you could tell he was like full on RC nerd. Like yeah. he was just like the rest of us. It was really most, funny. Most of the people we worked with, like the the sponsors we worked with, we went to them. Like, hey, this is who we are, and we'd like to work with you. And that's kind of how this stuff usually works, right? Mm-hmm. Well, Casey. Uh, who we worked with for a long time, he was. He, we kind of brought him into RC. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually came to us. Um, oh, no I remember. Kidding. I remember being at a core event in Prim. We were working with Red Bull, so we were there with Ricky Johnson and Steve Barlow's team, and they were pitted across from at the time Casey's first team was a Pro Light. He was running Bully Dog, uh, was his main sponsor, and uh, he had this huge pit across from us. And I remember looking over and seeing. Um, I believe his name is Brandon Curry, which is his cousin. Yeah. Who is a supermoto, I think a supermoto rider. Yep, I used to race with him. And I remember I remember seeing him because I had just seen X Games and I had seen him riding. I'm like, oh crap, hey, well, and then yeah, and then Casey came over later and started talking and it kind of uh, turned into a relationship from there. So Casey's interest in RC has been from the very, very beginning. He's he's really into it. It's it's funny. I it was really surprising to see. You know, it's like it you it's always kind of in the back of your mind when you see these people. It's like okay, you know, are they when they make a post about RC stuff? Is it just because they're filling their contractual duties or whatever? You know, but then like when yeah. you find out that it's like a real genuine interest in it, it's actually really really cool. Yeah, yeah, and then there's other guys that are closet that are obsessed with it, but that won't tell you, like you don't see Justin Barsha posting about his RC cars, <laughs> but he, he works, but he works really tight with Wally builds to build some professional high end. Like he really respects oh, his yeah. race cars. No kidding. Who, who wants a good, yeah, look at, look at Wally's page. Um, he yeah. builds this for Justin. So yeah, I mean, uh, Wally is a great example of it. Um, he, he's worked with a lot of these guys. Um, he's worked with Malcolm Stewart, so he built him a rig. Uh, he works with Christian Craig all the time. Uh, he works with Varsha. Um, and he, he knows a lot of these guys, and it's all through. Uh, our- it's really funny that you happen to bring that up when you did, because I was just getting ready to ask you about the Factory Connection Honda team, because I remember it was one of the very first RC TV commercials I'd ever seen. And it was, I think Blake Wharton and maybe it was Barsha at the time. Yeah. It was when he was on the two fifty, the 17 yep. and it was yep. uh, Wyndham. Yeah. You guys were, Oh, my man. Number 14. Yep. Yeah. You, yeah. They were like driving SC 10 through a whoop section yep. and stuff. Yeah. That... I have the bodies from that photo shoot. Really? From oh, that that's video cool. Shoot. Yeah. I have a Barsha jersey signed from that shoot that the that he was wearing in that shoot. That's pretty that rad. Kit. Yeah. In a small sh- super great guys. A small shout out to Brandon Curry, which I know he's definitely not listening to this, but um, <laughs> <laughs> he uh, he he's every bit as nice as Casey. I remember getting in his way in Las Vegas, and he was really pissed off at me, but he was so nice about it that it, it, good good guy they're, they're a good family yes <laughs> so. they're awesome uh dad is an awesome is an awesome character um grandpa is a super great guy they were always super willing to help we did lots of promo events like uh for example we did a, a big promo event at oakley where we put a track in the back and we had some of their staff come out and we held a race and 
Uh, we had a pro four come up the side of Oakley's property and rip into the back porch. That's right. And Casey brought in his his pro light like it was nothing and brought it down there, and we were jumping RC cars over it, flicking rocks at it, and he was laughing like it like it, like any one of us. That's <laughs> super so nice guy. Great. Yeah, Brandon works He's at always Oakley great. now. Does he? Yeah, really? yeah, that's where it works. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Yeah, they're just down the road from Associated. Really? So you get to see that big old beautiful building all the time. <laughs> Yeah, we have a we have an RC track on the front porch. What? <laughs> yeah, there's a there's an RC track just to the right of the main entrance. You've all seen that photo, the big one icon with the torpedo in the front. Well, just to the right of that of that um, shot of that front main entrance is a big track that we put in. That is too cool. Yeah, unfortunately, we don't get to use it much anymore. Um, we used it a lot more back then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we had a program with them where they worked with us and we worked with them. So that's why you would see most of our, our guys, our staff and stuff in Oakley. That is really cool. No kidding. Yeah. HPI was across the street. In fact, if you remember HPI's old address was one icon or was icon, which is, uh, the icon of, O, Oakley's own street. They are number one. icon. That's the story behind that. Okay. I never knew that. Wow. Yeah. They have their own kind of, when they built that property out there they were the only thing there wow that is really yeah, now cool. it's now it's completely it's 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 um, filled up all the way around it so trav i think if we end up going to by the fire i think our trip just got longer by a couple days to go do some sightseeing of some of these places yeah we got some Agreed. friends in marketing out there and stuff as well too so hopefully we can score you a tour it's that would be the inside of, of oakley's facility is Unlike anything ever, it's a different world. I mean, the lobby. I've heard is pretty. Ridiculous. The seats in the lobby are ejector seats from F-16s. What? <laughs> yeah. That's so. The rad. place is rad. <laughs> I mean, there's like every bolt on the that holds the rivets together on the countertop has little icons in it. Their, their attention to detail is oh on another God, level. God, I can't even imagine what that costs. It's pretty cool. Wow. Super cool place. Well, when we go down there, we already have to go to Corona Del Mar, so. Yeah, that looks yep. really fun. One more reason to make the pass. They're about a half an hour apart from each other. In fact, Associated is kind of in between the two. So Perfect. Oh, uh, we got to yeah. make See, that trip happen. Out. Adam, you're going to yeah. have to go. That's just all there is to it, Adam. You're going to need to. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yep, you don't have a choice. You're actually just going to go to buy the fire. We're going to pull up to your house right. and kidnap you and take you down there, and we're going to have fun. Pull up in the van, slide the door open, reach and grab and throw him inside. <laughs> We're going. We'll have him back next week sometime. See ya. If you're lucky. <laughs> Actually, it'll probably be more like rolling up and then asking him if he can drive the rest of the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, Trav. <laughs> Not going to let me Are you a sleeper? Down. Are you one of those guys that nods off on drives? If I don't have someone to talk to, I am. Travis can fall asleep in the middle of, I don't know, like anything. I, I don't think it really matters. Uh, yeah. I can't sleep in a car. I can't sleep in a car or a plane to save my life. It's some, If I flew oh, to Australia, really? I'd be awake the entire time. It, I wouldn't get two minutes of sleep. It's something about the sound, like that constant like droning of like the engine or the tires. Like I can't go down. I can't. Weird. Okay. The tires, mud tires can put me to sleep if I'm exhausted, but that's about it. <laughs> oh, I can the rumble just puts me to sleep. <laughs> no, like I'm dead like I'm like I'm dead serious. Like I 
this was years ago. I I got off work at like six. We were supposed to go up to the cabin. I loaded up the truck, get on the road. I think I'm an hour into the drive. I look over. Michelle's asleep. I'm like, oh great. So I'm like sitting here by myself, and all of a sudden, next thing I know, it's like I'm like doing everything in my power to keep my eyes open because I'm like these. Tires oh, I hate are... that feeling. God, that is the worst. When you kind of like nod it off for just a split second, and you kind of snap out of it, and you're just completely freaked out, and your hair's standing up. You're like, oh my god, yeah. what just happened? was that one second? Yeah, or was I out for like three exactly. minutes? Exactly. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. so terrible. Yeah. It's so dangerous, man. Oh my god, get off the road. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Had no, some of those. That is not fun at all. No. I had some of those not. coming back from Lucas races. We pulled a trailer, so I'd drive all the way to Salt Lake and then drive all the way back. We tried to wow. pull all the way home from Salt Lake. But we left the event at 7 o'clock in the evening. Um, I was, like, at Mesquite, I think, at, like, 2 o'clock in the morning. I had run out of Sour Patch Kids. and run out of my Red Bull. <laughs> I was toast. Like, oh, low voltage wow. cut off. My eyes would – I couldn't even tape them open. Oh, so dangerous. That is the worst when you have – and especially if you're just being, like, really heavily caffeinated and you're drinking lots of stuff. That weak, shaky, weird feeling that you yeah. – oh, my God, I hate that. I'm buzzed, but I can't stay awake. Yeah, it's terrible. Like, yeah. I have energy, like I have, yeah, like lightning energy, but I can't stay awake to use it. <laughs> well, the the main yeah. reason you, you were, what's that? Sorry. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, like, we traveled so much uh, back in the day that, like, honestly, that's kind of what's killed it for me for like traveling to RC events because, I mean, yeah. I spent so many years of my life driving places and stuff that it's, it's so hard to get myself to do it now you know when it's like oh, i can just go to the track here and go have fun i don't need to go all the way over there and race so right no before i cut you off Trav, what were you saying i'm sorry um i don't remember now so it's all right oh god oh sure it was super good <sighs> sorry man I winning lotto it. numbers for sure i, I had him i had him right here <laughs> yeah <of> my tongue. <laughs> yeah no uh, i i on the note earlier, though, we were saying, like, I can fall asleep through pretty much anything. I was uh, on my way back from the Walla Walla NCT in 2016. I think this was the, this was the week after Axial Fest. And uh, I went over with Brian Munn and Keith Hadley over to Walla Walla, and we were on the way back. And I remember having a conversation with Brian while he was driving. While Keith was asleep, but Brian was driving, and I was in the back seat, and I was falling asleep in and out of this conversation but I was talking just enough to keep the conversation going, and it must have been over for like 30 minutes before I finally just passed out and quit fighting it. <laughs> yeah, see, you're honing a skill. That's a skill that dads possess. This is how you keep conversation going <laughs> on the couch after 9 o'clock at night when you can't keep your eyes open yep. anymore. You have this ability to kind of keep a conversation going even though you're really not there. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Basically. That's pretty funny. <laughs> It's true, though. Dad's power through that. My dad would just drive forever and not ever need to swap out drivers or anything. He was just crazy like that. Yeah, well, yeah warrior dads. Warrior dads are uh, yeah. Yeah, few and far see, between. It's, it's weird because there are some times where like, I'm driving. And I remember my dad used to say this to me all the time. Like When we'd head up to the cabin, he'd get there and like I'm like exhausted, ready to pass out. And he's like, oh, i got to watch a movie or something to unwind. I'm all like, what? You know? And I'm like, what? And he's like, oh, sometimes driving it just like, you know, and I'm like, oh, okay. And then, like, there are times, like, I've had him too where it's like, 
I just drove all the way up to Auburn and, you know, I got to get up for work in the morning and I can't fall asleep. I'm like still like, I don't know what it is. And it's like, so I was like, oh, maybe this is what he was talking about. Cause all of a sudden now I'm fucking wired. That absolutely happens to me too. Yeah. Anytime I travel anywhere, whether it's plane or anything, when I land, maybe it's kind of the relief of getting there. Um, like, I don't know. I get the same type of thing. Once you get riled up the old diesel motor, it's hard to shut it back down. Mm-hmm. You know, probably the unless it's three o'clock in the morning <laughs> and your sour patch kids are gone and you're in mesquite and you got a trailer full of stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of funny like how that works. Like all of a sudden you'll snap out of it because, I mean, I remember being excited to get to moto races and stuff, but I remember when Travis and I pulled into Cisco for the first time for the first Axial Fest that we went to. Like, dude, we were just alive all of a sudden. We were just like all right, we're here, let's, you know, like, there was just so much excitement, you know, like, finally getting to be there, and it was so funny to, you know, be that into it, you know, for RC stuff as we were with, like, all the moto stuff, so it was kind of funny. It's Griswold's at Wally World, man, once you see that (laughs) sign, you're like, yeah, we're here. So great. (laughs) Oh, you know, we missed a question, and actually, this is actually kind of a good one. How cool is it having Thad? Thad Garner? Yeah. Yeah, Chris oh, Trudeau awesome. asked that. Um, honestly, uh, I come from touring car racing. Oh, okay. Um, so I, my first my first car was this RC10T, but then I, I immediately got into I was into import cars at the time. I had a, a '95 JDM Type R, and wanted and was all into that. That's all I wanted to do. So I got a Civic front wheel drive Civic, I think, Tamiya, and then found SoCal, which was across the street. Just happened to be there. I didn't know it was there, and started racing on road. And when I did, the fast guy there at the time was this was this young kid named Thad. And he was racing with Tony Phelan, the guy who runs Competition X and now works for Tamiya. He was, they, they raced both together. They were both uh, HPI drivers. So oh, I wow. became friends with them from the very beginning. So Thad and I have raced a bazillion times, whether it's parking lots or Reedy races or SoCal. So yeah, having him at AE is like a, it's a total perfect fit. That's really, and then cool. he comes in and totally crushes the DR10 in his, in his first swing of the bat. So, out of boy. Yeah, that was pretty great. <laughs> it it was good seeing him go, you know, because like when HPI kind of started petering out and everything, it was really like it was nice to see him going somewhere where, you know, he's going to be appreciated, could accomplish some really Absolutely. cool things. So that that's yeah. that's good. I'm glad he made it home there. It's awesome. Honestly, he was it was like a it was a it was a round peg in a round hole. It was a perfect fit. Oh yeah. He's exactly like everybody else that's there. Uh artsy but still competitive. Um he likes cycling, he likes uh performance cars, he all the things that kind of all of us in the office like. So like I said, it was just a perfect fit. Yeah, it's like he's always been there. That's cool. Yeah. Well good. That's I think yeah, I don't know how we glossed over that one, but that was kind of an important one too. Oh, what's that? What the heck, man? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I got you back, Thad. The other thing, I I found that post finally. Oh, you did? Oh, dang. Mm-hmm. Where's Waldo? Now you're going to have to give everybody background information on it, though. I am. Uh, well, I, I actually, what I did was I cheated. I just went on the old uh, Facebook and just searched um, San, RC Sand Drags, and a post from Tyler Zavadil popped up. I don't know if he's the one who sent it to me or if somebody else sent it to me, but I just remember somebody sent it somewhere saying, you guys should talk about this. Um, I don't know who else would be down to go. 
and that was basically it. But anyways, Liberty RC um, is hosting a Orange County RC Sand Drags Sunday. Well, oh no, that's why, because this one already passed. Is there another one? Like, <laughs> I missed something? Supposedly Sunday, this one was pretty big. Um, yeah, Mike this Camola was Sunday, Sunday June 14th. Yeah, you so know I what? talked to Mike. He said it was big. He said it was a, a good turnout. They, maybe um, they had to cancel the second one. Maybe that's why I can't find it. Well, the beaches are still open um, here. Um, this is kind of a, a yeah, kind of an awkward bubble down here. There's nobody wearing yeah, masks or anything I, like that. I was gonna, so I it's, was gonna it's say, super weird. Yeah, I should have read the whole thing before I started like saying, oh yeah, I found it because this was like I was like, oh look, there it is. But anyways, I guess it wasn't. But okay. Thank goodness you put in all that time, though. I mean, that's that's good. We glad we got to that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I lied. They're definitely. I I could imagine they're gonna do it again. Um, uh, here in California, the governor just um, put in a, a big, uh, strong lock on most things um, last night, I believe, or tonight. Oh. Uh, uh, it but was, the beaches it are was, still open. It was today. Your yeah. well, I guess are you well. Is Orange County – no, Orange County is not – well, L.A.'s got their own county. Um, yeah. I know L.A. County's got a lot of restrictions right now. Yeah, theirs are a bit heavier. Their population is, is quite a bit more dense. Um, not to say that our restrictions shouldn't be on the same level, but um, there aren't at this point. Um, Fourth of July will be an interesting weekend. Um, if you've ever been in Huntington, this is where I'm from. Fourth of July, it goes from – you know, let's just say for percentage-wise, it goes from 10 people to 10,000 people. Um, it's ridiculous how many people show up for the 4th of July. So let's just hope that it doesn't uh, turn so, into, pardon my French, a shit show. Yeah. Well, so I got a quick question because I know what's going on around here in the Bay Area. Basically, I don't know of a single – well, it's actually even spread all the way up towards Auburn. So typically every 4th of July, we head up to Auburn um, – because Michelle's parents have a place in Lake of the Pines. Lake of the Pines does their own fireworks show over the lake, so you get to like just you know find a spot, you awesome. know set up camp, watch the fireworks. Uh, they got like a a whole shindig thing going on during the day. It's like a you know like they have burgers and all this stuff. Anyways, who doesn't like a good we, shindig? Shindig. We we I know. Hell we, yeah. Uh, we we go so we that's what we typically do every Fourth of July. So. When they announced, I want to say almost way back when everything started, that they were not doing anything for Fourth of July, that they were shutting it down, they weren't doing anything. So we're kind of like, okay, well that's a shame. So maybe we'll just, you know, stay home this year. Well, then we found out there's not like one. I don't think there's one city along the peninsula that's doing fireworks. So yep. I'm like, okay. So I don't think there's. So my question is, and maybe it also goes to you guys up in Washington as well. Do you know of anybody doing public fireworks? Me. <laughs> yeah, it, that, basically. Yeah, that was Travis talking, by the way. Oh. <laughs> no, no, it's all shut down. Huntington, Huntington usually do, does like an epic um, fireworks display uh, in a couple of different spots. Um, there's a couple of golf courses and stuff that do like it. It looks like bombs over Baghdad, but it's all closed this year. I can guarantee you, though, I'll get some photos and post them. It won't be far off of that. The last, probably for the last uh, at least three or four days, it's been a good-sized boom or pop or crackle every <laughs> half an hour from sundown to midnight. So There's so going only... to be some rockets red glare in the next few days for sure. <laughs> so it's only been for the last couple 
couple days for you because I'm not kidding. For the last month, we've heard them. Yeah, there's been some popping off, like, but that's kind of normal. Um, I'm in Orange County, and we like to party, you know. So that's kind of that's pretty normal. There's normal fireworks. This is ridiculous. Like, it's it feels like the Fourth of July already. When the fourth hits, it's going to be unreal. Yeah. You know, I have a I have a neighbor that we take care of, um, and she's got a dog. So and. My sister, she takes care of dogs for a living, so I feel for those kind of people. Um, I love fireworks at the same time. Like I want to blow stuff up on the Fourth of July, <laughs> but if it's going to inconvenience a ton of people and, and make people sad and unhappy, then then I don't necessarily need it. I, I'd be bummed, but I'll, maybe next year, you know. <laughs> so yeah, my other weird. okay, sorry, go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, I was just saying, like, it's been kind of weird here because, uh, like, I'm in I'm in Bothell, so I'm, like, northeast Seattle metro, and it's been the 4th of July since June 25th. <laughs> yeah. It's been wild. I, I have not. We have, we have do you, curfew. Do you normally have, or can you have, do you have legal possession of fireworks there? Because here you can't, you can't possess anything aerial. And wow. you would think that there's someone driving around with a truck and just putting it on people's porches. Oh, dude, here, like you this. can buy anything up here. Like, oh, see, not here. You, we have safe and sane fireworks. It's that thing that you light. The fuse makes a bigger flash than the yeah. actual firework itself. Yeah. I think I'm convinced that's a whole state of California thing. Well, Oregon yeah. for a I, long I'm, time was only smoke fireworks. It was only like smoke stuff. You couldn't have even firecrackers. I mean, that was almost my entire childhood that we didn't have yeah. anything like California's that. California's got a lot of dry brush. We already have plenty of fire problems. So, I mean, I get it. Yeah. You know, but it's amazing that you can step 10 feet over a border into Arizona or into Nevada and all of a sudden fire stuff that goes into space. So, yep. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. In high school, we used well, to have secret runs up to Washington and go just across the border near uh, John Day, Oregon. And we had this Mazda pickup that I had in high school and we had the panels to where you could like pull the panels out on the sides of the bed and stuff because it was like a, a mini truck, you know, with a canopy and stuff. And yeah. so we would just load that thing full of illegal fireworks and then put everything back and then drive back across the border back to Oregon. Yep. That's how we did it when I was a kid. We'd go down to Mexico, like, you know, to Ensenada or whatever to, to have a good time with the family. And then you on your way back, you'd make sure to load up the fireworks. Yep. So when the fourth came, you'd be ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> They had a good stuff too, you know, like those, like the quarter sticks of dynamite and stuff that like shake windows oh, in the lot. Oh God, yeah. You know, but yeah, it's it's been pretty wild. I, I just hope everybody is safe and and uses their head. You know, there's only a few people left who seem to be using their heads, so hopefully they yeah. can get together and keep everybody else calm. Yeah, I have yet well, to hear anything go off here. Luckily. Oh, since I started oh, wow. recording, there's already been five or six. I've just been on mute. Weird. Oh, yeah, I, I do the same thing. I keep hearing, like, when I start hearing stuff, I kind of, like, mute the mic because I don't know if it's coming through. But, yeah, I've already had three or four big booms while we've been yep. recording. Crazy. Yep. Wow, that's funny. Well, see, I don't want to, like, take it down this avenue, but I also am kind of curious just because we're talking about it if this 4th of July will be different in, in California in regards to – what was just announced by our governor that there he wants to shut down parties and barbecues and this that and the other wow. and i wonder if that's going to create people to do the opposite you know it's like the child effect you know you tell the you tell the child not to do this and they do it anyways yeah uh, so well that happened here so that happened here so right over the uh, mountains 
uh, like the sort of the, the south end of the state in Yakima. So Yakima was like an instant reaction that when all the shutdown and everything started happening for us up here, they were instantly like, you know, this and that is a reason why we're not going to do a screw you type of thing. So they've had no restrictions whatsoever, no enforcement of any kind. So they just continued on as normal. And they have one of the highest infection rates per capita in the country. Wow, really? Yeah, a place like Yakima, like you wouldn't even think, like just some podunk town. And that's what happens. So, I mean, I... I don't know. I, that's what happened here. So I'd imagine pe- parts of California would be largely the same. I mean, really anywhere. This has kind of been a nationwide reaction where some people just don't do it, and, and that's their prerogative, I guess. I, yeah, it's yeah, it's such a weird. I I haven't watched the news, so I just have not been keeping up on anything. I just I finally just stopped because I think everybody kind of gets that point where you reached your limit you know and you're just okay no new bad things i can't deal with this right now well actually like i saw a funny post um on instagram today somebody said because it was you know it's july 1st they're like okay july i want you to come in sit down don't touch anything (laughs) make it through the month (laughs) right so it's yeah oh funny Woohoo! I'm back. Yeah, I was gonna say. I thought we Welcome lost. Back. I was gonna say. I yes. thought we lost you. I sent something in in the in our in our group chat, and I was like, uh, did we lose Brad? His little thing dropped off my screen. I don't know. I'll go yell at the kids. They're probably downloading Avatar in HD or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny. So what I missed? Did we fix the world's problems while I was gone? No, I was just saying. As you got off, I was just, all I was really saying was. I wonder if this 4th of July is going to be different because our governor had put out that statement, no barbecues, we're going to shut them down, and no this, that, and the other. So I wonder if it's going to be more of like a rebellious thing, like you know, the kids that say, oh, yeah, you know, like the typical, the parents go out of town, don't have a party, don't do this, don't do that, and they do the total opposite. Yeah, just, preacher's just, daughter. Just to see if something happens. Yeah. No, I think that's exactly what's going to happen. It's unfortunate and probably a pessimistic view, but I, I feel it to be probably pretty true. Um, especially with such a patriotic holiday, I think mm-hmm. maybe if it wasn't if it wasn't such a patriotic holiday, maybe it wouldn't be such a big deal. But you're going to have a lot of a lot of rah 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 that comes from that, um, and there's already a bunch of tension. I just I just want to get through the day um, safe and sound, and all together as Americans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, if we uh, if we can do that, then I then I think we we can go we can get back to it in the the next day. Uh, oh yeah, but, um, yeah. It's just, yeah. I hope I'm wrong. I hope you're wrong. I hope they're. I hope everybody's good. Um, but I'm not. I'm not super optimistic. No. But yeah. Sweet. Well, Do we have anything else? Uh, no. Um. Oh well. Did, I told you before we started recording. Maybe I'll go find it. This one is actually true. Not like my last lie. Oh. So Adam's the liar this time, not me. Well, yeah, sort of. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Such a great statement. This is actually true. Uh, well, okay. because okay, because some I, okay, I saw it. Somebody had shared a you know event with us. It was RC Sandrags. I swear it was within the last week. So I'm going okay. Where is it? I can't find the post anywhere. So I just looked, and we had the wrong date on the post. I realized that was a very old post. So either I'm a few weeks off, or 
I can't find the post that I was shared. So that's why I'm calling myself a liar. But I will redeem myself with, <sighs> with the post or the message that uh, Donnie Clark sent in after he heard our um, episode um, 52 on um, the whole Viterra suburban thing, and Jay made fun of him. I'm sorry. Nice, Jay. <laughs> but so, I gave him the hearse idea, and that's actually really cool. Which is really cool. So he basically reached out to us. I mean, it does have four doors. I mean, who puts the fourth door on the Suburban? (laughs) Carry on. Just keep going. So he he wrote in and he said, no hard feelings about the Suburban body question. I was laughing along with you guys. As uh, as for the Terra brand, I agree. They won't release a new rig. I I basically responded as we should have been more clear uh, with our answer, you know, that Axial or Viterra was... Horizon's answer to Axial once they acquired Axial, it seemed that the, you know, interest in Viterra would fall off. He said, I already gathered all that, um, and by the way, I still have the clear um, body, and I had plans for it, but now I'm considering the Hearst idea, and he wants to put a Slayer logo on the roof with a pentagram. And I just said, if you do that, please send in a picture so we can share it. So Donnie Clark, you're awesome. You know, uh, thank you for having such a great, you know, response with everything and attitude. Um, you know, I don't like being this way, but so many people get their panties in a twist when you, you know, poke fun at stuff like this. And he was awesome. He said, it's toy trucks. He goes, nothing to get butt hurt about. So, Donnie Clark, awesome. thank you. Yes. We need more Donnie Clarks out there. We do. That's all right. I like it. And this is an escape from, from BS. If this isn't an escape for BS from you, then you came to the wrong place. Keep your BS where it belongs. Yes. It doesn't belong here. This is where we go to get away from. That is some sound advice. Definitely. Well, is, that's probably kind of a pretty good note to end on. I don't think yeah. I have any wiser words than that, so I, I have nothing to contribute. Well, your wisest words. We can go. We can go back to sciencing then. Yeah, I was going to say we're sciencing. That was a lot of sciencing to do later. (laughs) Got a protractor. We're going to do some protracting. Oh Oh, damn! You're next level. I'm going to set this abacus down then because I feel pretty (laughs) antsy. Oh man! Is that a slide rule over there? What is that? (laughs) Whoa! (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Well, guys, the kids are like, "What's he talking about? <laughs> what did he say? Is that some sort of dance move?" <laughs> yes, the electric slide ruler. Yeah, the electric slide ruler, man. Yeah. <laughs> Those were the days. <laughs> well, this was fun, you guys. Thanks. It was a good time, definitely. And uh, absolutely, yeah, no, yeah. no in on so. Thank you all very much, and everybody listening, thank you. Actually, I wanted to update everybody really quick before we sign off here because Uh I just want to see where we are as far as listens go because I haven't checked our downloads lately. Bear with us. He's sciencing again. I know it. Trying to science. Steve, this is where someone's supposed to cue up a drum roll. (laughs) Come on, y'all. Trav has the... yeah, I was just saying, Trav's got all the fancy equipment. I don't have a drum roll. It's busy, it's busy sciencing. 
It's working on another project. Interstellar. Don't bother him. So you guys have downloaded our nonsense 14,100 times. So that's pretty good. So thank you all very, very much for listening to us. And uh, Fantastic. Yeah. We'll just keep doing it until wow. you tell us not to. 53 different episodes of us <laughs> doing this for the first time. Yes. It, every time feels like the first, too. It's... That's... <laughs> <laughs> somehow i have not retained anything that i've learned so. oh. but anyways we will catch you guys later have a great weekend see you guys see you bye